Today on Locked On Padres. It's also Locked On Mariners. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to this Locked On Padres, Locked On Mariners crossover episode. And now, here are your hosts, Javier Reyes and D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed. That was Locked on Mariners announcer Joey Martin bringing you into both Locked on Padres and Locked on Mariners, both, of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N for short, or for shorter, of course, Tloppin. Brought to you by Built Bar. Please remember to download, rate, and follow both of these great programs using whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners podcast and Locked on Padres podcast, though not at the same time. That would not work very well, I don't think. I am DC Lundberg, the semi-capable host of Locked on Mariners, and I am joining one of the few hosts here on Sloppin' who can make me seem like a straight-laced, no-nonsense news presenter by comparison, Javier Reyes. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. You're too kind. You're too kind. Doing great on this. Uh, we're recording on a Friday. I'm yep. vibing. Uh, a rare day off, I must say. I decided to take today because I'm going to be working for the weekend, but nothing better than to hop on a podcast with you, sir. I must say. I'm very excited about this because our teams, they have a they have a similarity, but not a similarity most people might be aware of. Yeah, I think uh, I think I know where you're going with this, um, and I think the two teams' profiles are rather similar. Although the Padres are ahead of the Mariners, the Padres went through something of a rebuild a little while ago, which has already come to fruition. Their young prospects are already in the big leagues and doing great things. Not that I'm thinking about Fernando Tatis Jr., but, but I am. And one person that I wanted to ask you about, actually, uh, do you want to ask? You want to talk about the Mariners or Padres first? I'll give you the choice. We're just doing this on the fly, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> as you guys can tell. Um, honestly, I'd like to go Mariners first because Good. your team is, admittedly, the most. I don't. I don't know if you saw the Espedation. Uh, documentary on the history of the Seattle Mariners. Jason which Hernandez was just, tried to get me to watch that thing, and it all it, it just kept slipping my mind. I haven't watched it. It is it is long. It is long. It's not the longest document. It's, this is no OJ Made in America, but it's still <laughs> long. So I understand. Um, it's fantastic, and I really do think that the Mariners, and I, I'm saying this objectively, like one of the more bizarre, weird, fun absurd teams in all of sports so honestly whenever i get a chance to uh talk about the barriers i'm always game it's always a lot of fun so excellent i'm looking forward to this whole thing yeah all right well if you got any questions about uh, the mariners fire away sir so first question Mm -hmm. believe it or not because i'm a believer i'm a believer i'm gonna hit you not with the i'm not no kyle lewis and oh who's the taylor tramell who's who was formerly a prospect of the padres yeah save those questions for us instead i want to start out all right how much of a breakout potential candidate i don't even know if it's breakout but maybe comeback Mm -hmm. candidate is mitch hanniger this year because i am a believer what about you i'm also a believer he looked pretty good in spring training he was moving real well the mariners have him hitting leadoff this year was going to be jp crawford but he had a very bad spring mitch hanniger did hit leadoff a little bit uh before he um (laughs) got injured and basically missed you know a season and a half 2019 he went through so much he only hit 220 in his two previous seasons combined i think he hit something like 284 with uh, pretty good on base and uh, good power numbers hit more home runs than i thought he was going to i think i thought he was going to be more of a gap power guy but i think he hit 26 one season i could be wrong about that 
and he's finally healthy. Two sports hernia surgeries and um, <laughs> the other problem that he had. He's <laughs> back. I think he's back, and I do think he's a good comeback player of the year candidate. I think he hit the nail on the head. Yeah, Hanniger, the one year – oh, I forgot what year it was again. Um, he was really, really good, and it's basically just been this one of those guys that's been – Really, like you said, derailed by yeah. injuries, unfortunately. Um, I think he was a borderline all-star the last time he was kind of healthy. And he was this an Mariners all-star in 2018. Team, he was. Okay, there he we was. go. And he was like literally the only good call that I had heading into that year. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Mitch Hanniger, there's, there's something about this guy. Was it predicated on the fact that I drafted him in fantasy baseball? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yes. We'll I'm not that. going to confirm that that was the reason I had a bias towards Mitch Hanniger, but it was definitely one of the reasons, right. I guess. Um, but it's exciting. I, I have to wonder, though, the other thing is, uh, on top of Mitch Hanniger, like... Or Maniger, as I like to call him. Yeah. <laughs> what is kind of the, I guess, perspective? What is the mission? What is the kind of hope for the Mariners this season? Because it's a rebuilding team, yep. losing a lot of players. You guys had your moment, unfortunately, the Astros kind of unfortunately at the same time that you guys started getting good it feels like they really started to break out you get Alex Bregman and and all those guys mm-hmm. you know what is kind of the mission slash I don't know upside of the Mariners team for this 2021 season I don't know if there is much well I shouldn't say that because there is upside for this 2021 season there's certainly a young team there's certainly a developing team Kyle Lewis is even a work in progress look at his second half numbers from last year they were they were terrible you know, he had such a hot start last year, and that really propelled him to Rookie of the Year. But he still needs to develop. He he will develop. I'm not saying he's going to fall off the face of the earth. He'll be fine. Evan White, I think, is going to have a better season than he did last mm-hmm. year. He couldn't possibly be worse, actually. But it's a development year, and I kind of see this team hovering around 500, probably slightly less. However... They could put it together earlier than I predict, and they could wind up with a win total in the mid-80s. I think it is possible, unlikely, but possible. Depends mm-hmm. on the bullpen. Yeah, oh yeah, the bullpen too. Um, you guys had for the longest time Fernando Rodney, or it might have only been a year, but it felt like the longest time. Fernando Rodney, the like all-timer. It felt, yeah, <laughs> the all-time, like... I mean, don't get me wrong, the swag with the hat snapback and everything was great, mm, but yeah. that guy just managed to be a closer for years. My dude would have a 4.5 ERA, but he'd get those like 30 saves. It was kind of remarkable, honestly, and it was befitting almost of the Mariners' culture. It was frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it, I imagine it was really frustrating. Um, and Edwin Diaz here. Ooh. Very, I make fun of him all the time about the uh, when it comes to the Mets, where I swear that guy is awesome. I don't know about the Mariners. When he was the Mariners, he was just genuinely one of the best closers in baseball. He probably um, was the best closer in baseball that one year. That and one then year, yeah. The Mariners trade him to the Mets, and I'm wondering what the hell they're doing. And then he goes out and posts a <laughs> six and a half year, right? And I'm like, yay! No, yeah, yeah. Not yay that he <laughs> failed. Yay that the trade doesn't look so bad anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I want Edwin Diaz to be successful. I want to make that clear. I like Edwin Diaz. And he's really good. Like, he yeah, really he is, is good. The strikeout potential stuff is really awesome, but I have to admit... What, what I, I marveled at was his control. He had great mm-hmm. control his last season as a mayor to go, to go along with the power pitching. He wasn't somebody who was just going out there and throwing and blowing hitters away. He was fooling guys, and he had a good slider to go along with it. Yeah, and he was one of those guys where... I think the previous year he had like those games where he just blew up and was was really bad and then he obviously follows it up. He was one of those guys that yeah, he has those blow up type of games but he kind of 
returns, reverts back, you know, regression to the mean, I guess you could say, for him yeah. to a degree. And then he goes to the Mets, and I always make fun of him because he he's, like, awesome when you're up by five. <laughs> when you're up by one, he was just terrible. Not with the Mariners, but with the Mets last year, like, right, in the yeah. Subway Series against the Yankees. He yeah. blew this big safe. He, he was on fire for, like, literally a month. And then they give him the closer role because I believe, I could be wrong, Seth Lugo, like, couldn't pitch that game. And then he gives up the game tying home runs to the Yankees, which was kind of a perfect summation of the Mets season last year. But this isn't a Mets podcast, obviously. No, it's not. You know, I mentioned, I alluded to it earlier, Taylor Chamel and also Ty France. Yes. Who a lot of people are really high on as former Padres, of course. Mm -hmm. What is kind of your feeling on both of them? Because I'm rooting for Taylor Chamel, who I think is a great personality for sure. Shouts to his interview on um, the Baseball Barbecue podcast, which was (laughs) phenomenal. I really loved their interview with him. Clearly a very fun personality, and I'm rooting for him. Although the prospect hype on him, I think, has cooled off just a little bit. What is your kind of feeling on him and Ty France heading into this 2021, uh, hopefully great season? (laughs) I think it's cooled off a lot, actually, and I think it's warranted because if you look at his numbers in the higher levels of the minor leagues, they're really not very good. However, he put together one of the most impressive springs that any Mariner had. He wasn't even expected to make the opening day roster. He goes out and just takes a left field job steals that away from, well, I shouldn't say steals because Jake Fraley did not have a very good start to his spring. But even if even if Fraley would have been good, Trammell would have been the starting left fielder. He had that good of a spring. His Major League debut, as we were recording this last night, I thought was very impressive, even though he went 0-3. One of them was a productive out where he moved the runners along. He drew a very impressive bases-loaded walk in the eighth inning, later scored the tying run that inning and then drew a walk in the uh, 10th inning as well, and had an outfield assist where he had to range pretty far over to the right field side of center just to get to the ball. I like what I saw from him, and it seems like he's finally put everything together, and I'm so happy about that. Ty France flies under the radar even for me sometimes, uh, which should not happen because the man can hit. Mm -hmm. He's he hit th- over 300 in the abbreviated season last year. He's hit everywhere he's been in the minor leagues. He's going to be the Mariners' DH this year. I think he's got a chance to be the third baseman next year because I don't think Kyle Seager is going to be back. His contract expires and he'll be 34 next season. The, mm-hmm. the guy can hit. There's nothing. He's a pure hitter, and that's fun mm-hmm. to watch. But uh, we got to take a little bit of a pause at this time. I have a trivia question at the uh, end of uh, every first segment. Today it's a Padres team trivia question. And okay. it is this. Who is the Padres' all-time leader in home runs? Uh, you know, I, I know this, but then I'm forgetting it right now. That's all right. Think about Hold it. On. Think about it. And uh, we'll give you the answer following this word from Bet Online. <laughs> BetOnline.ag, guys. Look, I've said this for years. I've said it for not years. I'm lying. Uh, but it is definitely true. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football has been... You know, really long over. Unfortunately, it ended in the worst way possible with, you know, a, just a terrible Super Bowl. But the NBA, as long as, uh, along with um, college basketball, with March Madness, both men's and women's, and the NHL in full swing. And of course, you guys listen to baseball. Baseball is officially back. It's awesome. Uh, very exciting about that. But uh, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best, I repeat, DC, the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. So, head, what... 
I mean, what are you waiting for? I mean, I already said the beginning parts now. You're already locked in, aren't you? So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code Locked On when you do so. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Answer to the trivia question. First of all, thank you very much, Javi. Answer to the trivia question is admittedly somebody I've never heard of before, Javi. So I don't. Uh, if you have the answer, I'm going to be impressed. It's who's the odd Padres all-time leader in home runs. It is not a contemporary player. It's got to be. I know it's not because it's not Ken Caminetti. It's not Tony Gwynn. It's it's some. It's not like Steve Finley. It's not Caminetti. It's not. I think Adrian Gonzalez might be close. He's very I'm close. To he's number two. It's, he's number two. Okay. It's got to be like someone told it to me because someone asked me back before preseason last year. Oh. Uh, like, who did I think? Do, do I think Manny Machado will break the record? Was one of the questions that somebody asked me, and I was like, I don't know. I think he will because because it's not a very high total. It's a it's a Nate something. I think yeah. it's a Nate something. It is a Nate. Okay. Yeah, it is. I'm blanking on the name. Oh. Ah. Nate Colbert. You got it, sir. Nate Colbert with 163 home runs yes. in his six seasons as a Padre. Hit only 10 home runs in his remaining four years with other teams. Adrian Gonzalez is number two, just two behind Mr. Colbert at 161. Number three is Phil Nevin at 156. Number four, the great Dave Winfield, 154, who I saw at the airport on the way home from a Hall of Fame ceremony. Gwyn's number five, Ryan Klesko, number six, Ken Caminiti, number seven, current Padre Will Myers, number eight at 111, then Hunter Renfro and Chase Headley. Nice, nice. Hunter Renfro, what a guy. Yes. Coming up, has a member of the Padres coaching staff walked away from the team to pursue his dream of becoming an exotic dancer? No, but it sure would be an interesting story, now wouldn't it? <laughs> Transitions are phenomenal, I'm not going to lie. Welcome back to this Locked On Mariners, Locked On Padres crossover episode. And now back to your hosts, DC Lundberg and Javier Reyes. Guys, we're back now here. Super crossover, the crossover maybe you might not have expected, considering our two teams haven't played just yet. But before we get into my last question, which I guarantee you will be just a all-star, you know, I'm talking like, uh, who's that famous uh, reporter or whatever that interviewed Muhammad Ali a lot? That type of question, you know what I mean? Get all the sports news, guys. You need it under 20 minutes, guys. You, it, this is important. The Lockdown Today podcast, it is hosted by the, not just the great one. Not just the iconic one, but the legendary one, Mr. Peter Bukowski. He updates you on the latest news in every age, uh, major sport with the help of local experts, including sometimes DC and myself. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast, guys, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's really good. You know, you, uh, maybe on your travels to work every day, under 20 minutes. It's really great. I know I listen to it every day. Remember, guys, Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. DC. Yes, sir. With that out of the way. Yes. I have one final question. It is not as exciting a question, I admit it. It's an exciting question maybe for you, but I got to ask it. Where is the Mariners kind of farm system right now? Because 
I think that's the big thing with them. With a rebuilding team, mm-hmm. what is kind of uh, on the horizon for them? Because like we already talked about Taylor Trammell and, yeah. and guys like Ty France. They do have some young players, but what does it look like for the future for them? Actually, I think the farm system still looks pretty good. And I also want to take this opportunity to thank you for asking. Basically, none of these questions were asked to me, of me by the other hosts. So unique questions. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I'm sure the Lockdown Mariners listeners appreciate that as well. Because as these crossovers go, the other hosts tend to ask the exact same questions. That didn't happen this year with all five crossovers, and I am so happy. Uh, the farm system looks pretty good. I think there are three starting pitchers up and coming. One of them has never played a minor league game since he was drafted last year. One of them is expected to be in the major leagues later on this season, and that's Logan Gilbert. So I think the future on the mound looks pretty good, which is which is a good thing because I think the present on the mm-hmm. mound, specifically in the bullpen, is a giant question mark. But the one name that I think most are familiar with, and this has nothing to do with pitching, Jared Kelnick. And Jared he, Kelnick, stud. Yeah, he is a stud. It, look, it was looking to me like he was going to make the Major League roster along with Taylor Trammell. That was not the plan for him. They were going to start him in the minor leagues, basically how, however he did in spring. He looked great in spring, and he's probably also going to be on the Major League roster later on the season, maybe sooner rather than later. That kind of presents an interesting issue that the Mariners are going to have in the outfield. Fraley, uh, Jake Fraley, or, or Ace Fraley as I like to call him, is probably going to get sent down when Kyle Lewis returns from his knee injury. That'll leave Taylor mm-hmm. Trammell in left field, who is off to a good start. I know it's only one game as of the time of this recording, but I thought he played great. Kyle Lewis in center field, reigning rookie of the year. Still a work in progress, but man, can he play center field. And when he's on, he's on. And uh, Mitch Hanniger, the veteran presence in right field. Where's Jared Kelnick going to play if he comes up? Who who are they going to... You cannot move anybody to first base. Evan White is there. Another work in progress, but he is the Major League first baseman at this point. You know, two of them are left-handed throwers, so you can't try him at third base or anything like that. I am very interested to see what the Mariners are going to do once Jared Kelnick comes up to the Major League level. And Jake Fraley played well last night. He may have put it all together. He's another outfield prospect. That's five viable Major League outfielders that the Mariners have. There's obviously not enough room for them. I kind of went off on a tangent, but <laughs> um, I'm very, I'll be very interested to see what the Mariners will do if they want to replenish some of that farm system by maybe trading somebody away for a pitcher or something like that. I'm not sure who they have up and coming in terms of infielders, but they have a catcher named Cal Raleigh, who they're very high on. They love the way he handles a pitching staff, which cannot be quantified in any sort of statistics and numbers. So the catching situation for the future also looks pretty good. They also like his power potential. So the Mariners' farm system looks good on the mound, looks excellent in the outfield, infield a little questionable, and behind the plate also looking pretty good. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that because the Mariners are in, mm, I don't know if it's that great a division, but it's certainly a division where they probably aren't expected to catch up with, with the Astros and especially the Oakland A's, yeah, teams that are super deep. And even in Texas, who is truly miserable in every regard at least it seems like the Mariners you know they've got some hope and I hope they bounce back because like I said I am a fan of just the franchise history Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of their weirdness I always like weird (laughs) crap in baseball uh but you know really hoping for the Mariners to kind of at some point be good and I'm wondering if like Kyle Lewis who 
really, like you said, start off awesome yeah, first did. half of um, 2020. A little bit out of nowhere, it kind of reminds me a little bit. This is an extremely bad comp, but it came to my mind um, of like the Eric Thames breakout when that happens, where <laughs> it was this kind of older-ish guy who now Eric Thames came from across the across the pond. I forgot where he was playing exactly and kind of came in there and had a really nice moment. I'm wondering, hopefully, uh, he doesn't necessarily go that direction, but Kyle Lewis, it feels like almost a little bit too out of nowhere. I don't know if that's a good cop or not. Roast me, whatever, but it came to my mind. <laughs> I don't know. The only reason I'm laughing is because Eric Thames was a, is a former Mariner and uh, mm-hmm. did not have the best half season as a Mariner, if I recall. Uh, Kyle Lewis is, um, I think he's 24 or 25. So he's one of the older prospects he lost basically a year and a half or two years of minor league time with a pretty bad leg injury. And the mm-hmm. Mariners thought that that was going to limit him to a corner outfield position, but they decided to try him in center field anyway in summer camp last year. Played a great center field, obviously played a great center field during the regular season as well. Mm-hmm. So he's still young. He's still a work in progress. Like you said, the hot start, he hit 368 in the first half and 150 in the second half, and his strikeout rate went to 43%. He's got to work yes. on that. Yeah. And I think if this season had been had it been a, a full season, I think he probably would have worked out some of those problems. It would have at least given him the chance to do so. He's not a 150 hitter, but he's also not a 368 hitter. His season average wound up being about 262, and I see him peaking probably about 275 or 280 when uh, when when things are said and done for a full season with a good gap power, maybe 25, 30 doubles, and about 25 home runs. Those are excellent numbers from yeah. a center fielder who's going to give you outstanding defense. Absolutely, bad Ed. You know, I feel like we've I've, I've asked you all the questions that I really have about the Mariners, but I still <laughs> need to reemphasize, like, it is a team I'm genuinely a fan of, and I think that baseball is... Well, it's not a team that is going to make the headlines usually unless you guys sign for some reason and get like nine superstar players. It's not a team that's going to make the headlines. Or unless our CEO says something really awful. Yeah, which we've... There it is. Everybody drink uh, that we finally <laughs> kind of alluded to the Ken Mathers situation. Uh, absolutely deplorable in a lot of ways. And it happened like kind of sort of before the season. So that derailed a little bit of any excitement people might have had. But yeah, still. but I also feel like they came back from it really quickly and moved on from it mm-hmm. since he is gone. If he was still there, there would be a completely different situation. Yeah, he's absolutely. gone. I'm glad he's gone. I should not have brought it up. I was not going to. I apologize for that. The less airtime that clown gets, the better, quite honestly. But that is how the Mariners made headlines in the offseason, and everyone really wishes that they hadn't. Mm -hmm. Not great to be known for that, but like you said, it is good that they were able to move past it. There are other teams in baseball right now with their own situations. We could look at Mickey Calloway and all these other guys that it hasn't quite been settled and it's still an issue rather, but everybody, yes, if you were wondering, if you got your bingo card ready, uh, yes, Ken (laughs) Bathers was kind of alluded to on this podcast, but now... DC, you got any you got any question for my superstar team that <laughs> I am unbelievably lucky to be covering? I do have some questions for you, but first of all, if you out there have a question or a comment for me, both Mariners and Padres listeners, send it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Clive Braithwaite the fourth will read it on the air, and I will offer a reply. Questions and comments on anything and everything are welcome and highly encouraged. Just please keep it appropriate. This is a family show. 
Coming up, Javi and I get tired of talking about baseball and instead hold a contest to see who can hold their breath the longest. It's great radio. But first, this from Built Bar, the greatest protein bar in the history of things covered in chocolate. Built Bar Madness is over. Congrats to Coconut Brownie Chunk, which is good, but not the best. Anyways, Built Bars are high in protein and fiber, and also low in sugar and carbohydrates. They taste great, ladies and gentlemen. I go on. I'm silly during these ads, but that's because I, that's because I love this product. They are really, really good. And they're gluten-free to boot. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and get some for yourself. You can even compile a box of bars of the flavors you'd most like to try, or your already established favorites, like peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, and of course, toasted mildew. At checkout, if you try to use promo code BlurgBlogSnorkitySnork, nothing happens. So use promo code LOCKED20 instead, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED20, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-0, for 20% off your next order of the best protein bars ever to hit the face of the earth. Built Bar, it's mm-mm good. Welcome back to this Locked On Padres, Locked On Mariners crossover episode. And now, back to your hosts, Javier Reyes and D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, J.M. Attention, fantasy baseball addicts. You know, maybe I'll add an echo in that post. But anyways, you now have a new resource to give you an advantage in your leagues, and that is none other than Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen. Still don't know if he's related to Bill or not. I don't think so. He uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups that will lead to league wins. It's been scientifically proven, gang. If you listen to Locked On Fantasy Baseball and take his advice, you will win. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. D.C. Lundberg and Javier Reyes, the hosts of Locked On Mariners and Locked On Padres, respectively, in this crossover episode, you alluded to something at the beginning of the show where the Mariners and Padres are similar teams in one regard that most people might not realize, and this dates back to, I think, 1994. Our two teams share a spring training facility, which is why I thought it might be kind of a nice blend to start off the season because the Mariners and Padres become somewhat familiar with each other during spring training. And speaking of the Padres, you guys made a couple of uh, off-season splashes, as it were. One trade, one free agent signing. The first gentleman I'm going to ask about is from my former hometown. And that would be Shoreline's very own Blake Snell. He went to the other high school in my district. He's a Shorewood kid, and I'm a Shorecrest kid. I'm not going to hold that against him, but (laughs) I'm (laughs) still... How's Blake Snell doing? Blake Snell, man. What a guy. I mean, they've been Padres Twitter, if anybody's familiar, they've been sharing the videos of his his rap videos, apparently, that he started, which, not going to lie, I just saw that for the first time not long before recording this, and it's phenomenal. He strikes me as this guy who's like, he's got the bro personality, but without the doucheness, almost. You know what I mean? And it's that's what's so exciting about it. It's just, and, and he's been in the news a little bit. Heading into 2020, he made some comments, like on Twitch, where it was the players union versus the uh, Major League Baseball in the whole shortened season and he, he was like you know I'm not doing nothing for this and the amount of money I'm not trying to you know pay for less and all this thing and I thought that actually personally I thought he made a great point however 
maybe wrong language, I think. And that's kind of describes Blake Snell a little bit where it was like, <laughs> I think his points are really great. I think he's a smart dude to a degree in a different way, but maybe the way he described it was a little bit insensitive given that this is like two weeks, three weeks into a worldwide pandemic where yeah. people are wondering if they're going to have any money whatsoever. And you kind of made it sound like you're complaining about, you know, $2 million a year, which is basically what it sounded like. But I do think he had a point now, in terms of the baseball stuff, obviously, that part can I, aside. Can I say one thing? There's one more thing that's that's more controversial that he Go said ahead. a few years ago and another show that yep. I did. This was our lead <laughs> story. He once said on Twitter, In-N-Out Burger is overrated. So here's the thing, man. DC, I don't know if you know this, uh -huh. but I'm on that. I mean, he probably does know this, but I'm on that East Coast wave. So yeah. for me, the East Coasters, we're all about the Shake Shack. <laughs> right? We're all about the Shake Shack when it comes to local things. And here is my take. Yes. I don't I went to Shake Shack once in high school. I don't remember it too much. That could be because, you know, maybe I was more focused on just talking to the girl that I really liked that was on the field trip <laughs> with us. And I didn't really care about the food. Your mind was but, in the right place then. Yeah, I mean I tried and failed, as we all do. But don't worry, guys. Look at me now. I'm hosting Locked Up Padres. Oh, yeah. So how you like me now? It'd be in D.C. But, um, you know, I haven't really tried it enough. In and out, I've heard mixed things. There was a video that blew up a while ago where they were like, this is average. It was a really funny video. I think it was on TikTok, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. Not Sorry to, to scare off all the older viewers or listeners, I guess, um, with the mention of TikTok. But it feels like there's both, respectively, both um, Shake Shack and in and out some biases there where people want to make themselves feel a little bit more important because it's the only place that you can get their thing. So bottom <laughs> line, guys, I'm Team Taco Bell. Live Moss, baby. It's clearly superior. And I don't want to hear it with all the people who are like, oh, it gives me a tummy ache. Well, for, first of all, controversial position. Uh, maybe it might be good to go to the bathroom every once in a while. I enjoy that. It's the only good thing life has to offer sometimes. <laughs> now I'm getting a little bit crude on this podcast. But, That's right. And also, Taco Bell, they've got like three ingredients, and they make 45 different items. So all of the respect to Taco yeah, Bell. I'm mad at them for getting rid of the Mexican pizza. That was my favorite. I wish that would come back. And I, I will say, as I was writing my Built Bar ad, I almost closed it by saying Live Moss instead of mm -mm -mm good. And now I I wish I had. No joke. It's I have tried In N Out uh, Burger. I've been to California once and I liked it, but I will I do have to agree with Blake Snell. It is overrated, but something can be overrated and good. Plus, he might have been comparing In-N-Out uh, to uh, Dick's, which is the local burger stand, local chain in the Seattle area. Very, very good French fries. Wish we had them over here in the Spokane area. We don't, I'm digressing. Uh, so we talked about Blake Smell. Smell. <laughs> Blake Snell. Good grief. You Darvish is uh, now a Padre. I don't recall any really key players that the Padres lost. Um, I'm, am I wrong about that? Um, to a degree. Uh, for the Blake Snell trade, they had to give up Luis Patino. Ah. who was one of, I describe, as one of their, like, golden eggs. Like, they gave up prospects, don't get me wrong, but I think they had about four golden prospects, which were Luis Patino, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and uh, Luis Campizano. They gave up one of those. Oh, However, okay. more than worth it. They gave up yeah. one of those guys for a guy who's established, and some people would say his Cy Young season is a little bit of an aberration. Some people would say that's not going to happen again. But to those people, I say he's still young. And honestly, 
some non-empirical statistical type of reasoning here. Who knows what he's going to learn from this as pitching staff? One of the things that I love so much about the Padres pitching staff, adding you Darvish like you just mentioned, is that you Darvish, Blake Snell and his rap videos and his weird way of talking, his swagger way of talking, he talks like a dude who just found out what the term YOLO meant. Uh, like it's, it's a lot of fun. And then even guys like Mike Clevenger who... My hair doppelganger. He, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like he's still... He does give me some hashtag free thinker vibes when I look at some of his things on social media, but I still love the guy. He's still interesting, you know what I mean? And then Darvish, and then Denelson Lamette, and then Chris Paddock, and Adrian Monahon, like all these guys. And then Joe Musgrove. See, I'm already forgetting some names right now. That's what yeah. happens sometimes when I discuss the Padres. I forget to it's talk about really- Ty France, so we're even. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, we have an eclectic group of personalities, I think, and who knows what he, he might learn from those guys. And some people say, in my opinion, a little bit fraughtfully, a little bit unfairly, they're like, oh, well, he's not he's a little he's not as good third time around the order. It's like, all right, a lot of pitchers aren't. Most name pitchers how many pitchers aren't. have a Yeah, most <laughs> pitchers are and he's got a Cy Young to his name, yeah. to be fair. So Blake Snell, absolutely awesome addition for the Padres, and he's under contract for a few years. The current Padres team under construction is gonna be the same for a little bit, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like they really have all of their their places um their pieces in place, I should say. Uh, mix it up a little bit there. Um, so he's really excited to have on the team. I'm expecting big things from him this year. Maybe he'll be able to exact revenge on the Tampa Bay Rays for taking him out in that game six. Obviously the biggest story probably that yeah. happened in the playoffs. Honestly, I think he's, he might have a chip on his shoulder and he might remember mm-hmm. that and uh, use that as motivation going forward. Uh, Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. You know, it's just... That's the thing with baseball sometimes. You got this dude in probably his Colgate Princeton shirt sitting 25 years old. He's in that room. Oh, take out Blake Snell. It's like, bro, he was dealing, man. It was just wrong. The Dodgers saying that they were excited that he got taken out, I think speaks volumes to that. But anyway. Uh, Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, that was a whole other thing. But like you said, um, just to wrap the kind of – wrap a bow on it. Yes, Mm -hmm. very excited about Blake Snell being brought to the team. He's not – in terms of his contract – Based on his caliber of a pitcher and the fact that it's three more years under control, um, and he's still you know young enough, I believe 27, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. Um, I think he's 28, but I could be wrong. 28. 27, uh, 28. Well, there is actually a big difference when you're talking about prospects. Yeah, but In fairness, yeah. But under control for $11 million this year, I believe he makes around 14, 15. But when you look in the, the club control, it's one of the better bargains in the league. So that's why they had to give up Luis Patino, which I'm fine with. You're hoping Luis Patino becomes a guy like Blake Snell. And the Padres are clearly slanted towards being a win-now team. So it was exciting. And what's crazy is, like you mentioned with the Darvish thing, that all happens within a 24-hour span. And after the Blake Snell deal, you know, Dennis Lynn of The Athletic shouts to him, Kevin A.C. of San Diego Tribune. They're like, oh, yeah, um, by the way, uh, they're also probably going to make a U Darvish deal within the next day. So it was, to put it, I've said this on like every podcast I've been on, but I got to reiterate, yeah. just an unbelievably exciting time. And then they also signed Hassan Kim. So really this rotation is going to be Really awesome. Everyone wants to talk about Tatis for sure and Manny Machado, but the rotation is very, very deep, and I don't know if everyone fully realizes that. I know I do, but it's one of the reasons that the Padres are World Series contenders this year for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, Fernando Tatis is one of the most exciting young players in the game. I'm sure that you talked about him on the other crossover episodes and Manny Machado too, so I'm not even going to bother. Plus, we're low on time, but I have one more question uh, very quickly, if you don't mind. How are Austin Nola and Dan Altavilla doing in San Diego, two former Mariners? Altavilla Mm -hmm. had a pretty checkered career as a Mariner. reminded me something of Bobby Ayala, where he would get excited and tend to overthrow, but after he went to the Padres, it looked like the change of scenery might have done him some good. So Altavilla is is a little bit not great right now. I believe he's hurt actually, if I'm not okay. mistaken. I'm okay. forgetting on that. But uh, the bigger and then Austin also is hurt right now. Duh. Oh. Uh, so not great. They're, the Padres are a little bit in the red when it comes to the the deals they made on the uh at the trade deadline you know what i mean with austin Null, with mike clevenger who's not pitching this year but could pitch next year obviously he's really good um and then guys like mitch moreland are gone and then guys like jason castro who's not even on the team if i'm not mistaken anymore so the a lot of the moves they ended up making at the deadline didn't pan out too much mm-hmm. but still um with austin nola the thing with nola is that's interesting is i actually think there's a good chance that the aforementioned luis campisano maybe by season maybe by the middle of the season could end up being the starting catcher for the padres he's their top catching prospect okay questionable defense it's hard to judge defense when it comes to catchers a little bit I, when they're coming I'm terrible up at it personally <laughs> yeah i remember trying to play catcher in little league like i dropped like every every single ball uh it was just it was really rough but well, i could when, i could catch i couldn't throw but i could catch but I'm, <laughs> I'm judge i'm terrible at judging catchers and uh if i have one fault in okay. evaluating baseball talent it's catching yeah it's and it's and in fairness it's it's a, a position that a lot of people struggle with but in terms of his bat a lot of people are excited when it comes to Luis Campizano could be mm-hmm. a, you know, an offensive kind of force hopefully he can be I know he hit a home run in one of his first uh, at bats for the team in 2020 which is really exciting but in general we'll have to see for now though Nola is just kind of like a placeholder uh, uh maybe a little bit better than a placeholder we're hoping he fractured his finger on his throwing arm but Ooh. he's expected to be back. Um, okay. Pretty quickly, right now, Victor Caratini, Puerto Rican power, who's the personal catcher for you, Darvish. He's probably going to hold down the fort until then, okay. until Austin Nola gets back. But Caratini, hey, he had three RBI game uh, in his in opening day, so he was very good. And honestly, if you have Victor Caratini as your backup catcher, you're probably in a good spot. Um, not too long ago, 2019, like a 340 on base, which is, for a catcher, extremely good, especially based on where the position is especially currently backup. in the league. Especially as a backup, so fully excited for him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Austin Nola, very fun to see how he kind of converted to catcher. Um, and Aaron Nola, obviously, being his brother, who's got a little bit higher of a pedigree and respect around the league. He's kind of like an ace superstar pitcher, but... Yeah, and here's um, the thing. Aaron's younger. Austin Nola's the older brother, came to the major leagues later than Aaron did, and... Uh, I, I liked his first season as a Mariner. Here's the thing about Nola. Yeah, he was a full-time starter last year until he was traded, but that was such a short season. It was a small sample size. Who knows if he can be a full-time catcher? I think that still remains to be seen. I think he's a great backup, though, given if, given his offensive skill and his versatility. He can play all four infield positions. Remember, he came up as a shortstop. Agreed, agreed. And... That's what they're hoping from, I think, for to a degree. They obviously the Padres are a very deep team and they don't have to worry about moving him around or anything like that. Right. But they're hoping that he can just be this versatile type of catcher that can do a lot of different things, I think. And he was not great when he got traded to the Padres last year. No, he was But <laughs> to a degree, I almost don't care because the Padres were relying on guys like 
Francisco Mejia and Austin Hedges for years, and there was a Padres <laughs> Twitter debate on who should we start, whatever. For the record, I was a pro Mejia guy. I thought, why not? Just give him a shot. Who cares? Austin Hedges couldn't hit the ball if he had, I, I don't know, a giant sledgehammer from Reinhardt and Overwatch. Like, he couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I was, I'm was i optimistic that Nolan, when he comes back, will be at least an average catcher offensively. And defensively, yeah. Not too bad. Pitch framing stats on StatCast said that he was actually pretty good, and he actually threw out some more runners when he got to the Padres. So hopefully mm-hmm. he can continue that uh, pace until Campizano is ready, which I assume is the team's long-term plan. His catching is still a work in progress. He's only been catching for a few seasons. Started that in 2017, I believe, in the Marlins system. One more uh, quick thing before we wrap up, and this just popped into my head. Austin Nola is the type of player who could play all nine positions in a Major League Baseball game. It hasn't been done in a few years, and I think it would be exciting if we got to see that again. But we're past time. That's got to do it, unfortunately. Tomorrow on Locked on Mariners, I will be joined by Bill Gannon, Mr. Ed, and a retreaded snow time. You will not want to miss that conversation, gang. It will be delightful. So download, rate, and follow both Locked On Mariners and Locked On Padres. Look for us on any podcasting app that may spring into your brain head. Bring us home, Javi. All my Friar Faithful homies out there that are listening, listen to DC's podcast. Listen to his quiz shows especially, which are just all-timer. Like Hall of Fame Locked On stuff right now. I I mean, truly exemplary did i win the quiz show of course i did of course i won obviously i mean i'm totally not lying right now incredible stuff very excited dc for the rest of the year it's gonna be a long season we play each other i believe for the first time in may we'll see hopefully the Padres have lived up to the hype and whether or not the the mariners broke out and had some sleeper potential we'll see because lord knows the Mariners are i guess you could say known for defying expectations in both the good and the bad. Shout out Ichiro Suzuki and the 2001 Mariners, for example. Um, Just an incredible, incredible moment. Uh, So yeah, guys, definitely subscribe to DC's podcast. And I hope everyone's doing well and staying safe in these kind of tumultuous times. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners and Locked On Padres, both part of the Locked On Podcast Network.